Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Fed Up Podcast. This is your host, Teresa M., coming from the shy on the south side. So no matter if you're poor, rich, black, white, saint, or sinner, it's time to tell it like it is with no filter. So get comfortable. It's time to talk life, bringing you the number one station to get you in the mood to make yourself right. Happy holidays to all. And to all a good night, this is Teresa M. again from the Fed Up Blogger. Tonight, we will be discussing a very vague and upfront topic, domestic violence. It's a lot of domestic violence going on in the current season and every season. So we need to get down and dirty and figure out what is going on with these deranged minds. So what is domestic violence. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, domestic violence is the willful intimidation, physical assault, battery, sexual assault, and or abusive behavior as part of a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated by one intimate partner against another. It includes physical violence, sexual violence, threats, economic and emotional psychological abuse. The frequency and severity of domestic violence varies dramatically. And the domestic violence stats in the United States shows that more than 10 million adults, both men and women, experience domestic violence annually. This is both men and women. And each of these adults experienced only once Incident of violence, an adult of the U.S. would experience violence every three seconds. However, because domestic violence is a pattern, many experience repeated acts of abuse annually. So an incident of abuse happens far more frequently frequently than every three seconds. One in four women and one in ten men experience sexual violence, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner during their lifetime such as being concerned for their safety, PTSD symptoms, injury, or needing victim services. Approximately one in five female victims and one in 20 male victims need medical care. Female victims sustain injuries three times more often than male victims. One in five female victims and one in nine male victims need legal services. 23.2% of women and 13.9% of men have experienced severe physical violence by an intimate partner during their lifetime. From 2016 through 2018, the number of intimate partner violence victimization in the United States increased 42%. On a typical day, domestic violence hotlines nationwide receive over 19,000 calls. An abuser's access to a firearm increases the risk of intimate partner femicide by 400%. In 2018, partner violence accounted for 20% of all violent crime. And intimate partner violence is most common against women between the ages of 18 through 24. 18 through 24 people. These are babies. 19% of intimate partner violence involves a weapon. And the impact of domestic violence is prevalent in every community, like I said before. 
physical violence is often accompanied by emotionally abusive and controlling behavior as part of a much larger systematic pattern of dominance and control. Domestic violence can result in physical injury, psychological trauma, and even death. The devastating consequences of domestic violence can cross generations and last a lifetime. And as far as sexual assault, one in five women and one in 40 men in the United States are victims of rape or attempted rape during their lifetime. Nearly one in five women and one in 12 men have experienced contact sexual violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. And from 2016 through 2018, the number of rape sexual assault victimizations in the United States increased 146%. And that was from 2018 stats. So it could be worse right now. And I know it is due to like the pandemic and people being locked in the house with these abusive partners. Homicide. One in two female murder victims and one in 13 male murder victims are killed by intimate partners. Did you hear that? One in two female murder victims and one in 13 male murder victims are killed by intimate partners. A study of intimate partner homicides found 20% of victims were family members, friends of the abused partner, neighbors, persons who intervene, law enforcement responders, or bystanders. 65% of all murder suicides are perpetrated by intimate partners. 96% of murder-suicide victims are female. Most intimate partners' homicides are committed with firearms. And victims of intimate partner violence are an in, at an increased risk of contracting HIV or other STIs due to forced intercourse and or prolonged exposure to stress. Only 34% of people who are injured by intimate partners receive medical care for their injuries. Only 34%. Victims of intimate partner violence lose a total of 8 million days of paid work each year, the equivalent of 32,000 full-time jobs. And it costs the U.S. economy between $5.8 billion and 12.6 billion annually. And that's about 12.5% of the national gross domestic product. Between 2003 and 2008, 142 women were murdered in their workplace by former or current intimate partners. And that's ridiculous. It's sad. It's very saddening that that happens, that that goes on. The hit, and I, I'm, now I'm going to give you the history of domestic violence. In the early 1800s, most legal systems implicitly accepted wife beating as a husband's right, part of his entitlement to control over the resources and services of his wife. Did you hear that? Did you hear that clearly? They accepted the wife beating because. Women were viewed as the resources and services for their husbands. And if she acted up, he had no choice but to beat her. Because we weren't citizens then. Women weren't citizens. We were just resources. 
resources and services and a lot of us are still are the women's it was a um, movement called the women's suffrage movement and it was um a decades-long fight to win the right to vote for women in the United States. That was in the 1900s, early 1900s. It took activists and reformers nearly a hundred years to win that right, and the campaign was not easy. Well, it started in the 1800s, but the campaign was successful after hundreds of years, 100 years. And on, on August 18th, 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was finally ratified, which enfranchised all American women, declaring for the first time that they, like men, deserve all the rights and responsibilities of citizenship. Even though laws were signed, women had unrealistic resources of help, and policing of the situations were considered a last resort, and still is. So back then and now, even though they fought the feminist movement in the 1970s and they won the, the 19th Amendment for a women vote in the 1920s, we still fa are facing the fact that policing is not helping domestic violence victims much. So a lot of times women, mostly women and some men, do not go to the police because it only puts them in greater danger because the situation doesn't go well. The, the person who's getting abused have more control over the situation than the police because the police can arrest someone. But at the end of the day, that the other person that was the victim soon turns into the, oh, that's my boyfriend, or, oh, that's my girlfriend, so I'm not gonna press charges. Thanks for the little punishment of a, day, a night of lockup or a couple months. I'm not going to press charges. So a lot of people waste the police time and the police have been discouraged from helping a lot of domestic violence people, like trying to save them because they just keep going back. It's like a never ending cycle. There's there's so much dependability. And it's it's sad that the domestic violence stems from more so younger, younger couples than older ones. It still goes on with older, older couples, but it's, it saddens me that those who haven't even started their lives yet are victims of this domestic violence and are trying to find ways to escape it, but don't have any resources. And those resources don't, don't just revolve around the, the government. It, revolve, it revolves around their family members, neighbors, just people that they see as closer close that are not helping the situation or ignoring it or just see it as normal because it's like a generational thing and so everyone's viewing domestic violence as just another another day instead of saying wait we have to really take care of this situation we have to really fight for all this domestic violence going on in America and around the world so it's really no workable solution that has been found so far for for female victims and some male victims of domestic violence. It's just a never-ending cycle. Um, some victims though, have like an unrelenting cycle of violence. 
that produces and diminishes their self-esteem, helplessness, depression, and exaggerated feelings of imprisonment, even the belief that they deserve abuse. A lot of these people have gone have gone to great lengths to stay with their violent partner because they don't have no one left from their past or no family, no friends. They've been isolated or they just feel financially dependent on their abusers because they were kicked out or just abandoned or just didn't have, got pregnant, didn't have a family or very little family to help them out. So they did highly dependent on the person, their abuse victim, I mean their abuser. And many abuse victims are mothers, you know, so they part particularly fear of being unable to support their children if they leave a violent partner. So even though the, the children see the abuse and are abused themselves as far and the mother is abused on occasions, they still stay because they don't know where else they want they want to go. They don't want to end up homeless with their kids or like just with pennies in their pocket with their kids. So they're rather just suffer inside the home just to get them somewhere to eat and call home. But in fact, that's actually worse than leaving. I mean, it's actually worse than staying. I'm sorry, ladies. It's worse staying in that predicament if your kids are witnessing that type of violence because that's only going to have them continue that cycle of abuse because they see them as a child and they will end up some, most likely dating someone who's violent too because of the perceptions and the, the settings they are in during childhood that and if it's violent, that will prolong the violence. Many fear reporting the crime because the police can offer no reliable protection against retaliation. And abusers often become most violent and vengeful precisely when women try to leave. So it's it's like a catch-22 situation. We have people who love these partners. We have people who are very dependent on these partners and are fearful of these partners. It's not like we can we can just think they can just leave and be okay because the system doesn't do much to protect those who are abused and as a result they just stay with the partner because they stand with them acting like everything's fine is better than just running and risking a murder scene from running away from the partner and they don't like that so they try to kill you or work you know it's just not worth it so I, I wanted to just mention domestic violence tonight during this holiday season because a lot of people are going through it. I've personally seen people go through domestic violence and it's not a fun feeling. I didn't, I, it wasn't, and it wasn't even directly me going through, through it. So I don't get me wrong now, even though I didn't go through physical, emotional abuse is just as bad. So, ladies and gents, just don't think that just because it's not physical or it's not all physical, emotional, if something's missing, like, oh, they, 
they hit me, but they give me this, or they don't hit me, but they say this to me. All that is abuse, and it's going to wreck your life. You will not have a peace of mind if you stay in that situation. So, to conclude that, I want to give resources to those who need help, just need someone to talk to as far as their situation. If they have a phone, if they have a chance to talk, or you can just check out the websites that I'm giving. Okay. All right. So the first one is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. The number is 1-800-799-7233. And that's, that website is www.ndvh.org. Again, that's www.ndvh.org. The second is the National Dating Abuse Helpline. It's one 866 Three three one nine four seven four. You can get that. The website is um, www.loveisrespect.org. www.loveisrespect.org. We have the National Child Abuse Hotline slash Child Help Line. It's one eight hundred four A Child. That is one eight hundred four two two. Four four five three. The website is www.childhelp.org. We also have the National Sexual Assault Hotline. So if you were sexually assaulted, whether it was physically or verbally, you can call 1-800-656-4673. 1-800-656-4673. That website is www www.rain.org www.rain.org The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline That's 1-800-273-8255 Again, that's 1-800-273-8255 That's in the website is www suicidepreventionlifeline.org www.suicidepreventionlifeline I'm sorry suicidepreventionlifeline.org Then we have the National Center for Victims and Crime That's 1202-467-8700 8700 that's www.victimsofcrime.org okay it's a lot of background noise outside because this is christmas now it's midnight so it's a lot going on outside so excuse my background noise it is a friday slash saturday morning so i hope you can hear me all clear i will get better sound quality as my podcast continue on and I get to learn this a little better. But yeah, that was, that's all I had to discuss tonight. I just wanted to bring light to those who are fa- facing domestic violence situations. And I pray and hope that you all get out of the situations eventually. They say it takes a woman 10 times before she leaves. 10 times to think about it. So 
ladies and some gents, make that plan to leave. You don't have to leave now, but if you see the signs that you have to leave, follow those signs and leave when it's meant for you to leave. Because it takes a strategic plan to leave someone who's abusing you. So don't make it obvious and don't say it. Do not tell these people you are about to leave them. Do not argue with them. Do not get violent with them yourself unless they, your, your life is in danger or your ch child's life is in danger. Then you can put lay hands on them. But do not fight fire with fire. That will not make the situation any better. And do not, do not hate that person. Because when you hate them, you will do something that will destroy your reputation. Even though you were the victim. But all that anger and hate that you carry will, will fall back on you. So we just try to keep a peace of mind through your, through your physical pains, your emotional pains, and your mental pains. Keep your spirit glowing through that destruction in your your thoughts and your in your physical. Keep your spirit alive. So that's very very important. So I'm just gonna conclude the podcast with that on a serious note. And I hope you all the best on this nice holiday and um just enjoy life. Stay blessed. And thank, thank the highest for what you have. So I'll talk to you all next time. I'm sorry for skipping a day with the podcast, but I was busy, busy with my babies, my mom. So got a couple things I've been multitasking on. You might hear a little crying distance sometime on the podcast. My apologies. But um, yeah, so enjoy your night, enjoy your mornings. Have a great day. I'll see you soon. Peace.